hear them running back there, excited. Boy, if I can get y'all as half as excited as they are, we'll, boy, we'll blow the roof off this place. Uh, if you got a Bible this morning, turn with me to Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16. I, I had a, a busy week this week, and it was just a... You ever have those weeks where it was just one thing after the other, and boy, I, I was praying and debating, on God, what would you have me preach, and what do the people need to hear? And, and uh, God kept bringing me all the way to Mark chapter number 16, and I preached this, well, I preached on this passage several uh, well, a good while ago. I don't know how many years or months. or, uh, But I preached on this several um, years ago, and, and God just kept reminding me of that, and He wouldn't let me get it off my heart. So I, I want to preach to you this morning out of Mark 16, verse number 7. That's what we'll be preaching at. That'll be our text today. But while you turn there, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever been singled out? just called out on the carpet. I mean, you know, that, that can be a, a good thing and it can be a bad thing. I mean, there, there's sometimes you're called out for a great accomplishment, you know, something that uh, you've done or a victory that you won or an award that you get. You know, they, they call you out. To, Come on down. Get your reward. And that's a good way to get called out. But then sometimes you're singled out or called out, and it's just not as good. I can remember uh, years ago, a bunch of kids were playing, and, and they were doing things they ought not been doing. And, of course, my child, was she's she going to get right in there with them. And so I had to call her out. I said, Lily, quit. And it, it embarrassed her, her feelings. And she said, Daddy... Everybody else was doing it. Why'd you call me out? I said, because I ain't everybody else's daddy. But I'm yours, and you ain't going to do it. So we understand that sometimes getting called out can be good, but it can be bad. It can be embarrassing, discouraging. But what about when God calls you out? When God picks you out, out of the crowd, and called you by your name. This morning, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a man who God calls out, singles him out, places him in a category by himself. And we're going to look at why he called him out. Look at the context of what was going on in his life when God called him out. And maybe you're here this morning and you felt like God's been calling you out. It may be time to answer God. So look with me, Mark 16, verse number 7. Look what the Bible has to say there. The Bible says, But go your way, tell his disciples, and look at here, and Peter. Did you catch that? Go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. 
I want to preach with God helping me on this thought. When God calls you out. Let's pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We come here, Lord, to exalt your name in praise. We come to exalt your name in worship. And God, it's been good in this place already. We felt the sweet fellowship, the presence of God, the sweet songs of Zion. God, it's been good. But Lord, now we come to the most important part of this service, the preaching of the cross. I pray you anoint me, God, and help me to preach. Give me liberty, give me freedom. Be one here, God, that needs to hear from you today. I pray they would answer the call of God in their life, whether it be to service, salvation, whatever the need, God, I pray you would meet. Be with those kids in the back, God, as they teach them the ways of Jesus. Teach them about salvation, God. I pray, God, you be with those teachers. Thank you for what you're doing here at Calvary. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Here in the context of our reading this morning in chapter number 16, what we have found is this is the resurrection of Jesus and the events of that day. Very early in the morning, the Bible teaches us that Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, they, they had brought sweet spices to anoint the body of Jesus. But what happens when they get there is the tomb has already been rolled away and the body of Jesus is gone. Now, all the Gospels accounts, they, 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 they write uh, to a uh, what they have seen and they word it for the way that they've seen it. So all the accounts are the same, but yet they word it a little different. And here in Mark, what we found is this, that when they got there, Jesus was not there, but there was a man sitting on the right side. The Bible said that he was clothed in a long white garment. And then they said uh, that the women, they were frightened for what they saw. But he says, don't be frightened. For you're here seeking Jesus of Nazareth, and I'm here to tell you that he is arisen. Boy, can we stop right there and thank God that he is alive today. Amen. How do you know he's alive? Because I feel him all around. Amen. How do you know he's alive? Because he gives me breath every morning that I wake up. How do you know he's alive? Because he lives deep inside my heart. Thank God this morning that he's alive. He says, don't be afraid. You're here seeking Jesus. He's no longer in the grave. But He is over in Galilee. And that's where He's going to meet you. He told you He would. And now He wants to meet you there. But then, that's what I get interested in. He says, go your way and tell His disciples. But boy, then He singles old Peter out. And tell Peter too. So I got to looking at Peter's life and I got to studying it and looking at it and praying over it. And, and, and as I wondered, 
why would God single Peter out? I, I, I reminded myself in the Lord that in Mark chapter number 3 and verse 14, the Bible tells us uh, that uh, He ordained twelve that they should be that they, they should be with Him, that they might send forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness, to cast out devils. And Simon, he sure named Peter. So in other words, uh, Peter was one of the originals. Uh, he was one of the original disciples. Uh, and Jesus had called him to be a disciple. So in Mark chapter 3, we find out he is a disciple, but now he's and Peter. So then I, I kept reading. And I got over in chapter number 8. And we find in chapter number 8 that the Lord was asking men, uh, who do men say that I am? And what we find here is we find old Peter again. And Peter is the first one to stand up and say, well, you know what? It don't matter what men say about you, but I know who you are. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the one that come to take the sins of the world away. So what we find is not only is he the disciple, but he's the first one that claims Jesus Christ as Lord. He's the first one amongst all the twelve that look around and say, Hey, it don't matter what everybody else says. I know who you are. You are the Messiah. But now he's just Peter. Now he's just one in the one out of the crowd, if you will. Now he's one that is not in that same group. Then I got to reading. I find over in chapter number nine that the Bible tells us that Peter was one of the ones, other with Peter, James, and John, that the Bible says that Christ led them up to a high mountain apart from everybody else. And on that mountain, He transfigured before them. And on that mountain, uh, His raiment became as shining and exceeding white as snow, and no fuller on earth can white them. Uh, and they appeared unto them Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Uh, so well, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is He was on the inner circle as well. Uh, he was one of the ones that Jesus spent more time with. Uh, he was one of the ones that Jesus revealed the glory of God to. Nobody else what happened on that mountain but there was Peter and Peter was on the mountain and he saw Christ for who he was but now he's just Peter he's just Peter now then I got in the book of Matthew chapter 14 this is what I found that it was the fourth hour of night and it was dark and it was storming Jesus has sent his disciples to the other side of the water and the storm was everywhere and they saw what they thought was a spirit walking on the water and they began to get frightened and Jesus looked at them and said don't be scared boys it's only me I'm coming to get in the boat with you. But it was Peter that stepped up and said, Jesus, if it's really you, if it's really you, B, 
forbid me that I should come to where you at. And it was Jesus that looked over at old Peter and said, Peter, if you want to get to where I'm at, step on out of the boat. Come to where I'm at. And it was Peter the one that put his water walking shoes on that day and stepped out of the boat and he began to walk toward Jesus. Everybody else stayed inside the boat. Nobody else got out. But Peter was willing to step out and say, I'm going to where you at. So Peter was the one that dared to walk to where Jesus was at even though the storm was raging and the waves were compelling and beating the ship up. But he was willing to say, if this is really God, I'm going to where he's at. Now we know the story. Peter got his eyes off of him and began to sink and, and Jesus picked him up. We know that. But what I want you to see is that it was Peter that done these things. But now he's just and Peter. You know, you would have think, you would have thought, Jesus would have said, go tell his disciples and my water walking friend. Go tell his disciples and my <laughs> water walker. But he didn't. He just said, go tell his disciples and Peter. So what did I do? I kept reading. Because then I found in chapter 14 of the book of Mark. When they come to arrest Jesus, Peter was like, oh no. Ain't gonna happen while I'm here. He drew his sword. The Bible says he cut the ear off one of the soldiers off. The other disciple just sat there. But Peter said, nah, this is my Lord. Y'all ain't taking my Lord. Now we know the story there. Jesus healed the man, told Peter to get behind him, that he had to do this, that the cross had to happen. But Peter was like, no. Jesus, I love you, and they're not going to take you away. So he might would have thought he would say, go get my disciples and Peter, who loves me so much. But no, he didn't. He just said, and Peter. He's, he's called him out. Singled him out. So I began to wonder, why is Peter singled out? I mean, you would think, I mean, the list goes on. I can continue with Peter's life, but we don't got the time for that. You would have thought that with all the great things that Peter had done, and all the good things he had done for the Lord, that boy... Christ wouldn't have singled him out, wouldn't have put him on a platform. You thought, he, boy, he would have been in that group of disciples. It wouldn't have been, go get my disciples. Oh, yeah, and don't forget Peter. You would have thought he would have put Peter first or, or any of those things, but he didn't. Peter had been with the Lord. Peter had loved the Lord. Peter had stayed when everyone else left. Peter was willing to fight when nobody else would fight. Well, he was willing to walk when nobody else would walk. Why did God single him out? That's when we get down to chapter 14, verses 66 through 67. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to paraphrase. This is when Peter denies the Lord. To a little teenage peasant girl. 
the high priest is made, the Bible says. And that would have been a girl probably about 14 years old. Here's big, bold Peter that's done all these great things for God. But now, Jesus has been taken away. Oh, Peter's over here. He's, he's warming himself by the enemy's fire. And the Bible says that this little peasant girl, this little uh, high priest maid, she's walking by that fire and she sees Peter there. And she begins to shout, Hey! That's one of those Jesus followers right there. The Bible says, Peter says, No, I'm not, I'm not one of him. She begins to scream a little louder. Hey, that's one of these Jesus freaks over here. Peter says, no, it was not. And the Bible even says he begins to curse. In other words, he begins to get angry and deny and deny that I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know anything about Jesus. Before we get too hard on Peter for denying him. I want you to think about how many times we deny Christ in our lives. You say, preacher, not me. I'm bold and I love God. But let me say this. There's a lot of people that go to church on Sunday and they worship Him in the sanctuary and they praise His name. But in the world on Monday, they begin to deny His name all over again. They act like they don't know who Jesus is. They act like it in their actions. They act like it in their service. They act like it in their conduct. That they've never heard the gospel. That they don't know who Jesus is. But on Sunday, bless God, they're in the house of God raising their hands toward heaven, worshiping but when they get back into real life they have no idea who Jesus really is Peter begins to deny Christ church let me tell you something it's real easy to be super spiritual in the church house Oh, it's real easy to be super spiritual when we're around God's people. Oh, it's real easy to shout it out when everybody else is shouting. It's real easy to sing the sweet songs of Zion when everybody else is singing. It's real easy uh, uh, to brag on how good God's been to you when you're in the house of God and you know nobody's going to call you out. It's real, boy, uh, but it's not so easy when you're facing a world uh, and nobody else that loves you is around uh, and all of a sudden you're surrounded by the enemy and you're sitting there trying to warm yourself uh, and yet, guess what? Uh, there's no other followers around. Let me ask you the question, what are you going to do this morning when you're surrounded by by the enemy, nobody else is around. Are you going to still proclaim that I'm his child? Or are you going to start doing like Peter? And saying, I don't know him. I don't know who Jesus is. This is what Peter done. Because it was real easy 
when the disciples were with him to cut the soldier's ear off. It was real easy to say he's Lord when the other disciples was there. It was real easy to say you ain't taking my Lord when Jesus was there. But now Jesus is gone. Peter's all by himself. And he's got to make a choice. If we continue with that story, the Bible said that after he had finished denying Christ, that the rooster crowed. And the Bible says that Peter began to, he began to weep because his heart began to break because he had denied the Lord. But not only did his heart break because he denied the Lord, his heart broke because he knew that the Lord knew because Jesus had already told him he was going to do this. Peter was big, bold, and bad while everybody else was around, but Jesus had already told him, Peter, when you get by yourself, uh, when the enemy is surrounding you, I know what you're going to do. You're going to fold. And I can begin to think about Peter just for a moment. As he wept, I can begin to think that he probably thought the very one that saved me from sinking, the one that reached out his hand and pulled me out of the water, the one that called me out of the crowd to be his disciple, the one that saved me when nobody else could save me, the one that loved me when nobody else loved me. He's now been taken away. He's been bitten, uh, beaten. He's been spit upon. He's been smacked. His beard's been plucked. He's been stripped naked. He's been whipped. He's been nailed to an old rugged cross. He's boy. He's been stabbed in the side with the spear and this very same one who I loved and he loved me I've now denied him I'm unworthy to be even called a Christian you see this morning when you would have thought that the disciples of Jesus would have been there with Him, they were not. When Jesus needed them the most, He didn't have a friend around. Chapter 15 tells of His crucifixion. The Bible gives the account that only Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus and, and, and other women and John was there. All the other disciples were, were gone. They were scattered. They were hid when Jesus went to Calvary. They were all scared, mourning, faithless. And begin to look at Peter's life, I begin to see the picture of the church today. It's the same way today, friends. 
Christians are still mourning and scared and faithless in the world that we live in. But boy, let me encourage you that the precious Son of God, He laid down His life so that you, can, you and I can have life. We need to stop being scared and we need to start standing up for the things of God. We need to stand up for God's men. Hey, Jesus came to save. He died to save. He arose to save. And church, He's coming back to save. Bless God, it's time that we get off our pity pots and we act like we know who we are in Jesus Christ. It's time that we take a stand against this world that's leading people to hell by the dozens. It's time that the church get off their honeys and get to work for God. Peter here. Let me go ahead and say this. It's time for folks to get grounded in a church family. It's time for folks to get grounded and help the kingdom of God get moving. It's time, it's time to go ahead and sell out. Sell out. Sell out to God. Get grounded inside of a church. A church that you can help grow. A church that you can help see people one to the Lord. A church you can see help for the kingdom of God be built. It's time to get grounded in something. Quit being so wishy-washy. Get committed to something that's worth dying for. And my friend, uh, that is the church of Jesus Christ. We so wishy-washy. Hot today, cold tomorrow. Good today, bad tomorrow. I'm here today, I'm not here tomorrow. Bless God, get grounded in something. And now I've got to get to... That's my introduction, by the way. That's the background that I wanted to give you. Because now we're back to where we need to be in verse number 7. When he calls Peter out. So why did he call Peter out by name? Why did he not just group him in the disciples? Let me tell you why. Peter was on a pity pot. <laughs> Peter knew that he had let down God. He had knew he had let down the Lord. Peter knew that he had left when the master needed him the most. Peter had knew that he had denied him. Peter knew that, boy, he was unworthy. Peter knew all these things about himself. Peter knew what he'd done last night. Let me go ahead and say that one more time. Peter knew what he'd done last night. And Peter knew that his life wasn't what it should be. And Peter knew that he had fallen short. But boy, aren't you glad this morning when God calls you out by name, he's calling you out for one reason. He wants you to know that I know where you've been, but yet I still love you. Oh, thank God this morning, even when I fail Him, even when I fall short, even when you fall short, God says, hey, I still love you. Listen to me. Had had Jesus said, had the angel told him to marry them, go get his disciples, I guarantee you Peter would have said, I ain't even going. Because there's some of you this morning on the same boat. You're in the same boat. If God would have just said, 
Let me erase that. That's why he calls you by name. He called Peter by name because he said, Peter, I want you to know I, I, I still love you. I still, got a, I still got a job for you to do. I still got a home in glory for you. I hadn't forgot about you, Peter. Why did God call him by his name? He wanted to prove that hatred stirreth up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. He wanted to say, Peter, I love you. I'm glad when I mess up, he loves me. I'm glad when I fall short, he loves me. Praise God, even when I fail him, and I fail him miserably at times, even when the flesh takes over and I, I find myself thinking things that I ought not be thinking or doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I thank God that He doesn't just write me off. I thank God He doesn't throw the clay away. I thank God that He just looks down from heaven. He taps me on the shoulder and says, Get off your pity pot. I died for you. My blood covers your sin. Hey, you need to get back right. Stand. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. You need to get back right. You need to stand up and get off your pity pot. You might have fell short. You might have messed up last night. You might have messed up yesterday. But bless God, today's a new day. Jesus has given you another shot. Get back in the race. Three things real quick. And I'll be fast. About when God calls you out. When God calls you out by name, it's because He loves you. And He don't want to see you die and go to hell. Oh, preacher, now boy, you see that hush, boy, everybody. We don't like that word no more, but it's still a real place. It's still a real place where people are dying every day. The Bible says hell enlarges itself daily. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Hell was meant for Satan and his demons, but yet it's enlarging daily. First of all, it's a personal love. Christ singled Peter out because he wanted, you to, he wanted Peter to know, Peter, I love you. And Peter, had you been the only one that was lost... I still would have went to Calvary and I would have died for you because, Peter, I love you. Let me say something. God's knocking on your heart's door this morning and He's singling you out because of the sin that's in your life the failure you failed him on, the things going on that nobody else in this church knows about but you. If, if God's calling you out on it, it's because of this. He wants you to know that I love you. You. I care about you. And I want a relationship with you. It's a personal love. He loves each individual. Each soul he cares about. His love's personal. But number two...
His love's unconditional. It's unconditional. There's no strings attached. He just loves us. <laughs> Buddhists have a book and they don't actually believe that they're, they're, there's a God, but they believe in karma and all this stuff. And, and they, 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 they have this book that they... It's called the Dharma or something like that. I probably ain't pronouncing that right. But they have a book they follow. But there's strings attached, you see. Look here, if I do good, I do good, then I'll have good karma or I'll or I have good vibes or I'll have good energy. That's a string that's attached. Hindus have a book of many gods and, and, and none of them are loving gods. They, 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 they serve them gods out of fear. And then Muslims, they, they, they have their Quran and it tells of, of Allah and, and, and boy, he, he's not a, a loving God. It's a, it's, a, it's a strings attached type deal. In fact, you can go through the, all the religions of the world and what you'll find is their God loves nice people. <laughs> their gods love good people. Their gods love people that, you know, hey, as long as you do what's right, He's going to love you. <laughs> Those that deserve it, their gods love them. But boy, this morning, I'm glad to know that I serve one who is the true and only God. And He loves me when I don't deserve it, but He keeps on loving me anyway. Romans 5 says, when I was without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Aren't you glad this morning that His love it's unconditional. You couldn't earn it. You can't keep it. You can't do nothing about it. He loves you whether you've been in the house of God or you've been in the gutter. He still loves you. It's unconditional. And lastly, it's eternal. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which are in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing you could do that can make Him stop loving you. And so you might as well get over it. There's not one thing that you can do about it. I, I, I kind of like that. Jesus looks down and says, hey, I'm not going to stop loving you. It don't matter what you've done. I'm not going to stop. You can't make me stop loving you. His love's eternal. But watch this. Watch this. Hell's full of people. Good people. But not a one of them went to hell unloved. They went to hell unsaved. Yes, sir. Understand that. He's always going to love you. He's going to love you forever, but He's always going to do what's right. He's a just God. And what he done for us at Calvary, he said, since they can't get it together, Diane, since they can't battle this thing called flesh, since it's too much for them, 
since they can't keep all my commandments, since they can't be like me, I'm going to do something for them. I'm going to send a blanket of grace. And that blanket of grace is going to be myself made into myself. (laughs) Say that ten times fast. And I'm going to walk that earth and I'm going to live a perfect life. I'm going to show them who God really is. My name is going to be Jesus of Nazareth. I'm going to be born of a woman, but not of a man. I'm going to be birthed by the Holy Ghost. She's going to give a physical birth to me. I'm going to grow up, but later I'm going to go to a place called Calvary. They're going to beat me. They're going to whip me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to hate me. They're going to stick a spear in my side. Blood's going to spill everywhere. They're going to take me off that cross. They're going to lay me in a tomb. They're going to put a big stone in front of it. But in three days, bless God, I'm coming out. And when I come out, I'm going to have a blanket of grace. And I'm going to wrap my my children up in it and I'm going to let them know I love them and the only thing they've got to do is come to Calvary get up under the blanket I'm saying today if you're sin sick and you're tired of living the life that sin's controlling you God's got a blanket of grace for you all you got to do is come and get up under it question is will you come and allow God to wash you white as snow will you allow God to mold you Will you allow God just to love on you? All across this room this morning, we're looking at sinners. When I look back at myself in the mirror, I'm looking at a sinner. I'm looking at a sinner. It's got up under the blanket of grace. Took a shower in the shower of mercy. (laughs) Church. Lost person. Backslidden person. Person that's grown cold on God. God will never stop loving you. And when He singles you out because of the sin in your life, it's because He wants you to get that out of your life. Because He knows the harm that it's going to bring to you. He knows it's going to ruin you. He knows it's going to ultimately put you in a place of bondage. 
But he knows that if you'll come to his grace, the Bible said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The question is this morning is, will you come to Jesus? Will you come to him? See, there's some here that God's calling to a new place in ministry. And there's some here God's calling to salvation. There's some here God's calling to service. And there's some here that God's just telling you, and you know it because it's the lump in your throat right now. Your heart's beating 90 miles a minute. And God's trying to get your attention to say one simple thing. Get off your pity pot. I love you. And I'm still here for you. Will you come to Jesus today? You stand. Read a story about a coach. And that coach, boy, he got in one of his linemen's face. He grabbed him by the helmet and he said, You know what? You're a lousy football player. He said, you're not blocking, you're not tackling, you're not putting out, you're not doing anything you're supposed to do. Matter of fact, get off my field, get in the locker room, take a shower, you're done for today. That big lineman dropped his head. He, he went to the locker room. Forty-five minutes later, the coach entered the locker room. That lineman was still sitting there in front of his locker, uniform still on, and he was sobbing quietly. The coach put his arm around his shoulder and said, I know I hurt you, but I was telling the truth. You are a lousy football player. He said, but I should have finished the story. You're a lousy football player. But I believe there's something inside of you that's great. And I'm going to be here every step of the way to make sure I pull all that greatness out of you. I may get on to you at times. I may hurt your feelings, but it's because you need it. That football player found his courage again. And he was voted in to the all-time guard for the Green Bay Packers about 50 years ago. His name was Jerry Kramer. What are you trying to say, preacher? God is going to put his arm around you. And he's trying to pull the goodness out of you that he knows is locked inside. Don't be on a pity pot. Trust God. Allow him to work in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you today just as humble as I know how, asking you to bless the invitational call. God, I did not come here to entertain these folks. I did not come here to get them excited about this or that. I come here to allow them to know that there is a God that loves them, wants to have a relationship with them, and will save them for their sins if they'll come to Him. Lord, there may be one here that's been denying Christ in their life and they feel heartbroken right now. I pray they would come. I pray, God, that there may be one here that's lost. They've never been born again. 
God, maybe they'll come to you today. Allow your Holy Spirit to work amongst this congregation. We'll thank you for the outcome in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You've got a need this morning. These altars, they're open. Don't let this time pass. And God's dealing with you. You say, preacher, I need to get off my pot. The Father has a plan, though it's hard to see it now. I need to get off my pity pot. I need to get back in the fold of God. I need to get this out of my life. When the storm around you rages, I need to get it out of my life. When you're faced with life's decisions, not sure which way to go, stand still and let God move. Let God move. Standing still. Maybe you failed God this morning. Maybe you failed God last night. Maybe you need to be reminded that He still loves you. He's still got a place for you in the kingdom of God. Don't throw in the towel now. Don't give up yet. Keep going for the cause of Jesus Christ. When the enemy surrounds you And the walls are closing in When the tide is swiftly rising And you wonder where he's been For in there never was a moment That his arms were reaching out You can rest assured be secure, God is moving right now. Stand still yes. and let God move. Let God move. Standing still is hard to do. When you feel you have reached the end, He'll make a way for you. Stand still. God move. Let God move in your life. When you feel you have reached the end, He'll make a way for you. Stand still. Boy, aren't you glad that He makes a way when there is no other way? Thank you, Rick. Your course and you can't go no further. Boy, aren't you glad God makes a way? Stand still and let God. If He can part the sea, He can handle your problem. If He can get out of the grave, He can handle your problem. There's nothing my God can't do. There's not enough of You don't have to hurry. We'll stay here all day.
We serve a good, good God. I hope the Word of God's been a help to you. I hope you leave this place knowing that you may have failed Him, but He still still loves you. He don't single you out to be the bad guy. He singles you out to let you know that you are loved by the Most High God. He just wants you to come to Him. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank our visitors for traveling to be here with us this morning. I hope you'll come back tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll have a service again. Uh, real quickly, if you're, if you're going to, uh, if you are going to be able to come Thursday to the celebration for the 4th of July, please let me know. Also, ladies, uh, for preparing the meal and all that, if you would just hang out in here. If you're going to plan on helping out in that area, meet with Miss Sarah, meet with Miss Stacy, and get all that worked out. Thank you so much, and God bless you all for being here. I'm going to ask my friend, Brother Arthur, if he would, to dismiss us in prayer.